Welcome to the audio podcast of Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's holy word. Welcome to Dwell in the Word. Today is Friday. It's January 14th. And today we're going to be looking at the first part of Acts 17, verses 1 through 15. But before we do that, a prayer for illumination from Hughes Oliphant Old. Let us pray. Blessed you are, God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory. Blessed you are, eternal God, source of wisdom and knowledge. Give us a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Christ. Enlighten the eyes of our hearts, that we may know what is the hope to which we have been called. Reveal yourself to us, for we can only know you if you give yourself to be known. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, as I said, we'll be reading from Acts Uh, Chapter 17, verses 1 through 5. Hear the word of the Lord. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous, and taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also, and Jason has received them. And they are all acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, Jesus. And the people and the city authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. And when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. The the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the words of God, word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. Then the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving a command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they departed. This is an interesting passage to look at, if for no other reason, trying to say Amphipolis, for me, is rather difficult. Uh, Maybe I should put together a blooper reel of my inability to say that, but I think I had to try five times to get it right, but I did. And so, here we sit in this story of Paul and Silas moving around. They've come to Thessalonica. Now, there was a synagogue there, and Paul had this habit of going there. That was his target audience. You know, while he was trying to reach the Gentiles, his target audience was to go to the synagogues and to talk about Jesus and how he was the Messiah. And that's what we see here. He would go there. Uh, It says it was his custom. He was there for three Sabbaths, and he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Now, we have to remember, when it says that he is reasoning with them from the scriptures, This means that he is going back to the Old Testament. Uh, What we would know is the New Testament scriptures had not yet been written. Maybe some of the letters had been written, uh, probably not yet at this point. 
But this is talking about the Old Testament. He was reasoning with these Old Testament Jews with, uh, he was reasoning with them to explain how the Messiah would have to suffer and rise from the dead. And then we see what his what his point was, what he was driving at here was that, hey, Jesus, who I've been telling you about, he's the Christ. And so we find that some people were persuaded, but there were some other people who it says here that they were jealous and they got together some men of the rabble. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? Uh, Getting together a group that is um, not necessarily the best of the folk, I guess, and they formed a mob. They get the city into an uproar. And the issue was what they what they used against them was that they were acting against the decrees of Caesar. We see this in verse 7, saying that there's another king, Jesus. In the Roman Empire, you could get by with pretty much anything religiously as long as you were still willing to say, Caesar is Lord. If you were willing to do that, all the little regional cults, all the little regional religions, they could basically get by with it in the Roman Empire unless they were speaking out against Caesar being Lord. And the Christians would not do that. They would not see, say Caesar is Lord. They would say Jesus is Lord. And that, that became an issue. And so this is what they are using against them. Well, they're driven away from Thessalonica, and they come to Berea. And this is kind of where I I want us to think today. This is where our application will come from here in a few minutes. Uh, But we see that they get to Berea, and they do the same thing that they do everywhere. They explain from the scriptures that uh, Jesus was the Christ. Now, we read here in verse 11 that those Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness. That's great. But also they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. They took it to heart and they went back to the Old Testament. Well, what we know as the Old Testament. They went back to the scriptures and made sure that Paul just wasn't tying together stuff that maybe didn't fit. They were looking at it to make sure that he was right. They were digging into God's word to ensure that what they were being taught aligned with God's word. And this, as I said, is where our application lies today. Are we going to be like the people in Thessalonica? Or are we going to be like the people in Berea? I think that the idea here is that we want to be like the people in Berea. We want to be noble like they were. That when we hear people teaching in the name of God, we want to make sure that it lines up with the word of God. That includes what you hear from me. It's not just somebody out there that, that's random. When I'm in the pulpit or when I'm teaching to you from here, Pay attention. Go to the scriptures to make sure that what I'm saying is correct. Nobody is above this. If the Apostle Paul isn't above this, if it's considered to be a good thing to examine the Apostle Paul against scripture, then it's definitely a good thing to examine everyone else against scripture, right? And so we want to be like the people in Berea. May we examine God's word. May we know God's word so that when people come to us making claims in the name of God or saying that they are teaching from the word of God, we will know whether or not these things are so. Let us go to prayer. Merciful Lord, we praise and thank you for the work of Jesus on our behalf, for we know it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead. And we pray that you would bless us with a diligence for your word, similar to the Bereans, that we might know scripture and seek your truth from it. As we head into another weekend, we pray that you would help us to find rest, that we might be renewed. 
May we not only find rest from our labor, but may we also find our rest in you. May the Lord's Day refresh us and give us peace and renew the hope that we have in Jesus. Grant that the renewal we receive would give us a renewed passion for serving you in your world. And we put our trust in you today and ask that you would grant us a trust in your sovereign will for our lives. We pray that we would rest in the sufficiency of Christ for all that we need, knowing that he feeds us and he fills us abundantly. Help us, O Lord, to be satisfied in you. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, have yourself a great Friday and a most excellent weekend. Thank you for listening to Dwell in the Word. You can find more information about First Reformed Church at our website, edgertonfrc.org. Dwell in the Word episodes are available each week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also watch the video versions of these devotions at our Facebook page and YouTube channel. 